When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The best sport on the planet. Oh, the action, the speed, the hits. I love the fights. The raucous crowds. Yes! Badminton. Uh, no. Dill holes. Hockey! This is the Two Pad Stack. Where we dive deep into all things NHL, and then some. If it's the Boston Bruins, we talk about the ups, the downs, and everything in between. But we're not stopping there. We're also tossing in some Patriots pigskin, gaming glory, dad jokes, and all things pop culture. Because why the hell not? It's our show. As two diehard Bruins fans who also happen to strap on the pads in beer league hockey, they know a thing or two about the game. Whether you're a longtime hockey lunatic like us or just looking for a good time, you're in the right place. This is the Two Pad Stack. Now your hosts, Ace and Burge. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to episode 30 of the Two Pad Stack Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in partnership with the Hockey Podcast Network and our partners at DraftKings, promo code THPN and SeatGeek. Promo code 2PADSTACKPOD. Save yourself 20 bucks off your first purchase with our friends at SeatGeek. Go catch a game, catch a show, catch whatever the hell you want to catch on the secondary ticket market. Do that and support the podcast. I'm your host, Ace. As is tradition, alongside me, once again, as is tradition, my co-host, Birch. How are you doing, buddy? What's happening? Glad to be back. We got a lot to talk about this week. Can't wait to get into it. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to some of this warmer weather that's coming our way up here in New Hampshire this week. I see 50s and almost 60 on the docket. Yeah, that's what the wife said. She's seeing 61 degrees. Bring it. Forecast. Bring me spring, man. I'm ready. I'm all checked out on snow and winter. I'm all ready to be outside again. You know, get the kids outside, free babysitting out there, and just, just all around, just free babysitting. What kind of what kind of things do you have going on outside there where you live? Oh, dude, I just let them run around. Oh, free range children, huh? Just, just freaking go, man. We got the neighbors. We got tons of kids in our neighborhood. Just go, go play. We'll, we'll sit out yeah. here. I'll have a beer, watch yeah. you play. Better than I'm getting just watch. Than getting hit in the nuts all the time, you know. <laughs> Ain't that the truth for sure? <laughs> Although my Great Dane at this point it doesn't matter with the kids. My Great Dane is at the height where he'll just walk by and his fucking tail goes <laughs> left and right, and he just will sack tap me completely inadvertently. He'll be it's completely like... happy, walk up, walk past <laughs> you, and he'll just do a glancing blow right to the ball back. And every time it happens, I like collapse to the ground. It is unbearable. And I, and I bet your family loves watching it. I think it's hilarious. But that great oh, day. Oh, my must... daughters. They they fucking die laughing. They think it's <laughs> oh, the I funniest bet. thing on earth. My wife gets a little chuckle, and then she's like, are you all right? And then she's like, no, you're fine. It's just getting hit in the balls. You're good. I don't need to actually be, like, <laughs> yeah. concerned. I'm, like, writhing on the ground in pain. <laughs> 
he's got to be the perfect height for it. He's got to be the oh, perfect yeah. height for it. Just like oh, yeah. the perfect level, just like bam. Like when he's just walking around, his head is at like nipple height for me. Like I'm five ten, like That's right wild. at that pectoral height. And no, he'll he'll walk by. His tail's going left, right, left, right, bat, right in the ball bag. And <laughs> yeah, I forget what planet I'm on for like thirty seconds. Oh yeah. No, the, I know. The glory days. The glory all days. All about that. No, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward. We're gonna get like a trampoline and everything outside. Spend some more time on the deck and everything. It's uh. You know, and it hasn't been a bad winter for sure. It's been a pretty mild winter here, but uh, but I'm ready for for deck season to be back for sure. Oh yeah, you know, once March first usually hits, and you know, we're about a week away from that, less than that now. But once March first hits, I'm checked out. Like it's like no more. If it snows in March, I'm usually upset about it. We're usually pretty good to get a couple of snowstorms in March. I really hope that doesn't happen this year because this, these warm weather days have been a bit of a tease. If that's the case. So let's let's just hope we can we can move into the spring and uh you know get out of winter get get some better moods and maybe get some better hockey that we're watching going forward. I, I would love too. to get some better hockey in because you know I and and I I don't want to be one of those Bruins fans that are out here complaining about this team because we have been given a fantastic product for the last x amount of years and decade this plus team, yeah. And this team, even where we're at right now, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna bitch about this team right now because that's our job. Our job right now on the two pad stack is to provide some analysis. And the product that the Boston Bruins is providing right now is not a compelling product. It's not a fun product. But I also want to preface all this discussion we're gonna have with, even with the challenges they're having now, they're still collecting points. They're still a competitive team. We're not a Buffalo Sabers. We're not fill in the blank here. So. Everything we're going to go into, we're just complaining because we love this team immensely. Um, but what they've been doing lately is not enough. And they haven't been good since the break. No, and it's it's almost kind of shades of what we kind of expected to experience this year at the beginning of the season. I almost feel like the start that the team had going into, you know, two-thirds of the season now. We're, we're kind of paying for it a little bit, I think, at this point. You know, we... We we're riding the high of the overachievement, you know, for yep. the first part of the season. We all, especially me, I was beating the drum that this team is a transition team and that they should think about exploring to trade their veterans to get draft assets back. But the way the team has played for a majority of the season so far has been well above my expectations and where I thought they'd be. So seeing them go through this rough patch is concerning but putting yeah. it like putting it into perspective in, ter in terms of what we expected it's kind of like okay we're kind of we're, we're, we're reaping what we saw right now we're maybe the league has kind of figured them out a little bit who knows but something's got to be done because the last two weeks last month we'll call it has just not been february not been good february has been february in general this, this has been a terrible terrible month for the boston bruins and they are incredibly fortunate that they banked so many points in the beginning of this season, because let's ignore extra time. Let's ignore overtime. Let's ignore the shootout. If you just look at raw wins and losses, and I know, I know overtime losses and shootout losses. We have that asterisk. It's not real hockey, blah, 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 blah. But if you just look at the end of result, the Boston Bruins in the month of February so far, only two games remaining. They have won three games. 
They've lost seven. Ignoring the overtime ones. So are you are you ignoring the overtime wins? No, just just yeah, we're ignoring anything that like no extra time. Like like the end result in general, yeah. whether it's oh, gotcha. overtime loss, shootout loss, shootout win, overtime win, just wins and losses. The Bruins are three and seven in February. You can't now, have that. It's a lot of loser points in there. A lot of loser points, which is good. Whatever. We'll take the points. Continue to just fucking spread water. Keep our heads above the, the water here. But three and seven in February, however you want to break it down, it's not good enough. Not for what, what this team thinks they are right now going into the deadline. Absolutely. And uh, to quote one of my uh, good follows on Twitter, Mike from Woburn, frequent caller on the uh, sports hub up here. He tweeted out, he's like, the wins and the, I mean, the losses and overtime in the shootout, whatever, like it's a regular season, like thing, like you're not going to experience that come playoff time. You're not going to experience three on three. You're not going to experience a shootout. The main concern right now with this team is what we've been harping on since the beginning of the year. And it's them failing to close out games where they have leads late. And that has shown up in a big way during this awful month for this team. And that's something for me that's more concerning than anything, but more concerning than the record itself. Like even if they blow a lead and find a way to win in three on three overtime, like that's still concerning to me because you're not going to be afforded that same opportunity and that same open space in the playoffs. So if you're, if you're going into a game, you know, into late in a game and you're up and you blow it, to allow the other team to force overtime and still find a way to win in the regular season. Yeah. It's great for the, for the regular season standings. It's great for, you know, seeding in the playoffs, you get the two points. That's what you want to do, but we can't ignore the consistent problem that this team has had holding their leads late in games. And it really, it doesn't matter which goalies in there. It really doesn't matter. The opponent, the quality of the opponent, they've done it against all, all facets of that. It's 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 a real concern going forward, and you really hope that this team can find a way to correct this going into March and into April because you don't want to be riding into the playoffs with that kind of cloud over your team. No, and you've got to look at the leadership of this team here right now. And Brad Marchand, love him to death. Great to see him celebrate his 1,000th game, get his silver stick, blah, 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 blah. Hasn't been good lately. And he's making very poor plays out there. Not just Brad Marchand. David Pasternak mm-hmm. has right not been too. good lately. David Pasternak, I think going into the break, I think I'm, I, I may be off here. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Burge, if you know this, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he had like 31 goals going into the break. He now, two and a half weeks later, has 33 goals. And he's not making up for that lack of offensive production with this play away from the puck. He is absolutely a liability out there. And the production is not there to mitigate that defensive liability that he is right now. I love David Pasternak. Greatest goal scorer I have seen in a Boston Bruins jersey ever from my time watching as a Boston Bruins fan. But when things aren't going well, he's not helping this team right now. And what you're seeing with Jim Montgomery, and and he actually acknowledged some responsibility at the end of Vancouver game, where we we ended up losing in OT after that awful Jake DeBrusque, uh, too many men on the ice, Mm because he was a little too zealous getting off the bench. 
Um, Jim Montgomery was out and he said, maybe I am going to often back to the horses that I always go with. And that was really magnified by when you were able to dive in and take a look at some of the advanced statistics. And you saw that Mason Lori was the greatest player on the ice in that Vancouver game. And he was stapled to the bench the entire second half of that third period. And it, it's just like, I feel like sometimes Jim Montgomery needs to have a better grasp of the pulse of the game and understand which individuals are actually on their game and don't just go to his leadership core just because they're his leadership core. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I would love for him to have a better understanding of the tone of the game and to read the game as it's going. You're not. And I said this on Twitter when it was happening, you're not Claude Julien and nor do I want you to be. I don't want you to have a two nothing lead like you did in the Vancouver game and try to trap your way to a two nothing win. This, this team's not equipped for it. They do not have mm-hmm. the specialty players in the bottom six the checkers, the defensive players, the lockdown of the offensive talent of the other teams to go ahead and cruise there. We have great goaltending. Linus Allmark's taken a step back this year. Yep. We can't we can't ignore that. Jeremy Swayman's taken a step forward this year, but he still isn't a Vezina caliber goaltender, in my opinion. He's got the tools there, but he's prone to very poorly timed goals against. And, and and I'm not saying it's his fault for the Vancouver game. He was absolutely shelled. He had some 10-bell saves. Yep. I was out there while I'm working because I put the game on the projector at the at the, the brewery. And I went back after I heard the broadcaster going, Oh, Jeremy Swayman! And I saw that highlight. And I was standing out there giving him <laughs> a round of applause for that glove save on JT Miller. It's not his fault. But it's 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 just not good enough lately and the boston bruins need to figure out whether it's coaching whether it's in the room what they need to do to get this ship back in the right direction because they can't close out of the game in regulation to save their life and when it gets to extra time they're not faring much better there either nope i agree with you there and you know talking about the goaltenders there i mean Linus omar taking a step back i mean he's still a top goalie in the league in my opinion like yeah, he's definitely taken a step back. His numbers reflect that. Swayman has taken a step forward, as you said. His numbers reflect that as well. But if you're watching that Vancouver game and that goal by Hronik, Hronik, I think that's how you say his name. Um, yeah, Philip Hronik. Yep. He he was kind of screened on the shot. It wasn't a very difficult shot. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, that's his fault. He should have made that save. That's a weak goal. But if Jeremy Swayman is the goalie that I think we all want him to be, he needs to bite through that screen and at least get some body part on that puck to deflect it wide in that moment. And he obviously didn't. It was a very well-placed shot, well-placed screen. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's his fault they went to overtime and that he gave up that goal because that, that would yeah. be yeah. ignorant of me to say that. That'd be, right. you know, a stereotypical Bruins fan just blaming the goalie. <laughs> there were quite a few of them on Twitter. Uh, after that game I, that I saw, and I think our buddy Mel retweeted one of them. I'm like, dude, you can't even give this dude any kind of time. Like, he's like, oh, he's Tuka 2.0. He can't make the big saves. The big, I'm just like, dude. But like- I, I, I counter this as a not a big Tuka guy, allegedly. You know, I respect Tuka for all the stats he put up. A lot of issues with the fact that he can't perform. But Tuka Rask, he made those saves that he shouldn't make. 
because he was so sound positionally. Sure, absolutely. He would not be able to see anything, but he would be positioned perfectly, and those terrible screens would hit him off the shoulder, hit him off the glove. He wouldn't even react, but those would be stopped, and he would do fantastic at that. Sometimes I don't see that out of Jeremy Swayman, that 100% pristine positioning that you would see out of Tuka Rask. Oh, that's a fair point. I thought you were going a different route with that, so that's why I rolled my eyes when you when you when you when you interjected there. But yeah, I wanted to tell you just calm down and wait. I'm gonna say nice things. <laughs> no, but it's 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 a it's a Best common backup. problem. It's a common problem. It's a common problem with with this fan base. They love attacking the goalies once everything is isn't going their way, and it's it's an issue. But again, that's a that's a play where I'm not gonna sit here and say it's his fault. They got through five guys before it got through him, but as you elegantly put there about, you know, comparing to a, the goat Bruins goalie, the positioning matters. And if you get in the position that you're supposed to be, you don't need to see it. You just need to let it hit you. Yeah. And like you said, Tuka was good at that. And, you know, Jeremy Swimmer, I believe he's going to get there. Like you said, he's got the tools. He's going to yeah. get there. Yeah. I, I believe that. And this is coming from a guy who was calling for them to trade him before the season. So I so, think that. So on that note, Burge. Like finish your point. I'll, I'll I'll dive in after. Sorry. I, I'm just I'm just going to say that don't blame the goalie. It's got to get through five guys before it gets through him, and they're not the problem, but they're not the solution right now. So we've talked about this before. You have always leaned toward trading Jeremy Swayman over Linus Olmark. Have you reconsidered that stance at this point, especially with? The report from Elliot Friedman, speculative report, guys, by the way, we're not saying here on the two bad stack that the Bruins are definitely considering trading Linus Olmark. But, you know, with with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman openly speculating about the Boston Bruins activity going into the deadline, they had talked about how the position of goaltending for the Boston Bruins is a luxury. And. They have two number one goaltenders, two potentially top tier goaltenders. Best tandem in the league, in my unbiased opinion. Um, They're saying with that position of luxury, that that excess of wealth that the Boston Bruins have in the crease. With the difficulties that the Boston Bruins are facing right now, does that tempt them to seriously consider moving one of these goaltenders? And most likely based upon the play this year, Linus Olmark. And I think that there's some probably some compelling discussion or analysis to go over with that. And I do think that the Boston Bruins would be open to a discussion midseason with other teams, especially like a New Jersey Devils. But I don't think that there's going to be enough of a offer to really knock their socks off to make something happen in the middle of the season. Those two guys, Jeff Merrick, Elliot Freeman were saying if the Boston Bruins are presented with an opportunity to improve their roster to a point where it was a no brainer, they would have to consider this right now. And I, I think with those conditions in mind that that probably is where they're at. They're not going to just trade Linus Olmark because, uh, you know, let's, change things up you know these two guys are really really good with each other jeremy swayman and lena solmark they like working with each other i am really 
under the impression that the Boston Bruins need to acquire a defenseman that can move the needle and keep Derek Forbert off the fucking ice, please, for the love of God. <laughs> no kidding. And to supplement their bottom six, especially in the center position, to win some critical face-offs when they need to do that. With the current situation in the cap the way it is, they need to move money out in order to bring anybody in that can actually assist in those positions. Is that area to do that the goaltender position? So we we talked about this a little bit offline before, you know, earlier today. Um, I'm still in the ballpark that they should not move a goaltender because it is such a position of strength. They can rely on these two guys to give them and they know, or give them what they need and they know what they're going to get out of these guys game in and game out. Like it's a known thing. You're not going to, you know, have to test the theory out is can swim and carry the load deep into the playoffs. You don't necessarily have to do that right now. As much as I want to see that from Jeremy Swayman, maybe that his play of late is not is, is making me pause a little bit. That being said, the return price for moving Linus Olmark out has come way down for me over the course of the season. Seeing how this team has played, knowing Olmark's contract situation and his, you know, his movement protection and all that. He's a prime candidate with the money he makes to be a uh, a piece to a hockey type trade that's going to get them what they need to move forward because yeah. I do I do believe that Jeremy Swayman could carry it for the most part come the playoffs I think that he could they could rely on him every day I mean he's shown shown that he's played pretty well in his back to you know his 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 short runs that he's had this year yep. I'd like to see more of it so come on Jim Montgomery start doing it but it, it I'm I'm still I'm still not not on the fence of wanting to do it, but I am. My expectations have come down because you got to think Linus Olmark's got another year after this on his contract. He's got the movement protection. If his decline is really coming and he's not going to be the same guy, obviously he's not the same guy he was last year. He's still an elite goalie this year. If he tails off again next year, then you risk losing him for nothing. And if you have the opportunity to get a piece that's not a rental, that's a piece that is going to be here to be a part of this team going forward. And I'm not saying he needs to be, it needs to be a top six guy. However it needs to work out. I strongly consider it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say that I want to trade him for draft picks or anything like that, because that's not, that, that defeats the purpose of what we're talking about here. He, it's not the time to try to move him for draft assets. You have a team that's leading their division leading uh, up there in the, in the conference and in the standings in the league itself. That would not be the type yeah. of trade that I would make. That would the be only, a seller's move. The only way I could see that being the case is if they are trading Linus Allmark for picks and then they use those picks that they acquire okay. for Linus Allmark for a kind and kind move. You and know? I, and I do want to say this too, that I'm not moving him to a team that's a threat to me in the Eastern Conference. I'll tell you that right now. So like that's going to factor into the decision as well. Like if he's willing to go out West to any of these teams that are, you know, like an Edmonton or somebody like th- somebody like that. That's that's that needs the goaltending is desperately needing the goaltending. Fine, but yeah, but if I'm, I'm Linus Allmark, I'm not waving for the Edmonton Oilers. I wouldn't either. I absolutely no wouldn't way. either to go live up there. No way, no way. And that team no. is just it's colossally cold. I've been, I've been to Edmonton in February, and I walked outside and I felt like my fucking eyeballs froze. 
So it's not something that I would sign up for. It, I, I have a couple stats for you that I want to throw at you, Birch. The Bruins have gone eight straight games without a regulation win for the first time since January through February of 2010. They have a total of one regulation win in the last 10 games. That sucks. Another one. Another one. Okay, go ahead before I give my point. 25-1-7 and seven when leading after two periods this season. That makes the Boston Bruins 27th in the National Hockey League after leading two periods. If, if you're a Bruins fan and you're a realistic Bruins fan and you understand the game, that should scare the living hell out of you. It should scare the shit out of you coming down the stretch here, going into the playoffs, if you think that this team really has has what it takes to make a deep run because that is not a recipe for success, especially in the playoffs. It's just... It, 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 I, I We talk about it all the time offline. You know, when we're talking, you know, the games and all that, it just seems like it just seems like every game they're going overtime. Every game seems like they're going to overtime. You're seeing them play in a shootout or the three on three. It's it's unbelievable. I, I can't remember a season where it was like this. I, I honestly can't where they've had this many games that they have played in overtime. It's unbelievable. And of course, we saw it's come right out front and center that, you know, in the last two weeks with with the results and how this team has played. I, I honestly think it, it's magnified exponentially more for me how much the Bruins miss a player like Patrice Bergeron. And I know that that can be applied to anything. But when you're trying to close out a game, a one-goal game, and you can roll Patrice Bergeron out there with a minute and a half left, he'll play the rest of the fucking game. Mm-hmm. He'll play the rest of the game, and he's going to win 75% of those draws. The Boston Bruins are probably, and I don't have the stat in front of me, the Boston Bruins are probably one of the bottom third teams in the league on face-off percentage. They do not have a guy that can go out there and win that draw. And that cost the Boston Bruins twice in mm-hmm. this Vancouver game. They they lost the draw, and it, the puck ended up in their net twice. And we don't have a Thomas Noshik to send out there either to win a draw. We don't have, you know, you go back to 11. Gregory Campbell, probably the only thing he was really good at was winning face-offs. Everything else he was bad at. But he could win a fucking face-off. And his line was elite. Anybody. His line was elite, too. His line mates were elite, too, back then. Oh, I take it back. Greg Campbell was also good at losing fights. He was good at that, too. And good at breaking his leg. I'm not going to tolerate this well. slander. I'm not tolerating this Gregory Campbell Can you slander. disagree? What else was Greg Campbell good at? He was Blocking a beast. shots? Playing on that broken leg. Oh, wow. That, earned, that, earns, him, that earns him immunity Way for anything go, else. Greg Campbell. You broke your leg. That's what everybody knows you for. Why don't you go out there and, and sit out there and, and with a busted ankle and play two minutes of a penalty kill while throwing yourself in front of pucks? Come on now. Sure. I'll do it. Easy. <laughs> okay. I can break my leg. I'm be uniquely crying. qualified to break my leg. You'd be crying on the ground. You'd be crying on the ground. No. On the ice. Anyways. Um, <laughs> get somebody that can win some fucking phase off. I couldn't sweet. agree Please with for you For the more. love of God. Why the fuck is I know Johnny Beecher isn't the answer here, but and I think it's probably cap reasons. I'm not a capologist. I don't see why John Beecher is not 4C. There's no reason for John Beecher to not be the fourth line center right now. I can't believe he's still in Providence and we're calling up people like fucking Justin Brezzo, who honestly hasn't been bad. He's been a great fit, but like 
if you ask anybody that had any idea what's going on with the Boston Bruins organization, Justin Brazo was not on anyone's radar to be a call-up option. Let, let, let me throw this stat out to you. We're talking about face-offs. There's only three players that have played for the Bruins this year that are above 50% in the draw. They're probably wingers too, aren't they? Well, Pavel Zaka. I am surprised he's over 50% personally. High, highest on the team, 54%. Who do you think number two is? Um, Morgan Geeky? Nope. Johnny Beecher. There you go. Like I said, why isn't this kid up here? Get him He's up here. 53.9% and Coil's the other one at 52%. The rest of the rest of the team is under under 50% yeah, of the but, draw. But I feel like Coil feasts on like the bottom six guys that he ends up going up against. You put him out there for that critical moment in the third period, he loses like 85% of those important draws. And he's even acknowledged it. He's even like been on like national tv and he said i have to do better i have to win these draws i gotta bear down and get it whatever that means bear down like no you just gotta get better at fucking face-offs you know geeky's having a tough time in the draw at 42.9 percent. trent frederick it's another one who's taken a lot of face-offs 45.7 not good enough Uh, no they need they need more at that position so i couldn't agree with you more there yeah go out and get do you remember when um do you remember manny malhotra Oh yeah, Vancouver. That guy, yeah, that guy was lethal. You, he would, they would just, whenever they needed a big faceoff win, didn't matter. Power play, shorthanded, five on five, extra attacker. They threw Manny Malhotra out there to win a fucking faceoff, and then as soon as they had the opportunity, they had him change because he was that fucking good at it. Go find a faceoff specialist. I can't imagine a faceoff specialist is going to cost you more than a fourth round pick. Like you find somebody for 750k that's winning a shit ton of faceoffs, just throw him on the line with David Pasternak at the end of the game when you need an extra attacker on. Just have him win the draw. Like that's all. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying that's all we need, but this team desperately needs somebody that can win a strategic faceoff right now. Win the faceoff and play sound defense. That's what they need. Yep. That's what they need out of the center yep. position right now, out of their bottom six. Couldn't agree more. Now let me ask you this: how how are you gonna get somebody like that in? How would you get somebody to fit under the cap like that? Are we gonna we gotta talk? We just talked about how we're gonna move people out, right? Yeah. Who are you moving out? I mean, you could always send Martin Richard. Oh my god, I called him Martin Richard again. Um, Tony Richard. I, I keep doing that. That poor kid that was I know. killed in the bombing. Um, Tony Richard. Tony Richard. I gotta stop doing that. Um, would you? Uh, would you send consider, him down? Would you consider moving out somebody like Jake DeBrusque? Uh, so, 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 Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> There's already been plenty of speculation on Twitter. I've talked about it before. But Dom Tiano, who, if you don't know, the guy's been plugged in for a really long time. He's an OHL scout, big Bruins fan. He actually was hinting at heavily and broke the Hampus Lindholm trade before it happened, he's got his connections. And what Dom Tiano's out there talking about is saying uh, Jake DeBrusque's time in Boston is numbered. So apparently what that tells me is that the contract talks haven't really gone anywhere. Boston Bruins have probably asked the agent what 
the agent is looking for. Probably not within the realm of what the Boston Bruins are, are willing to pay. And with DeBrusque's history here in Boston, mm-hmm. he's already publicly gone out, used his agent to share the fact that he's requested a trade mm-hmm. out of Boston. It didn't happen. Boston Bruins sack Bruce Cassidy. The Boston Bruins are still not getting the productivity out of Jake DeBrusque that, that, that they thought they were going to get. Um, Pending UFA. It's it's not looking good, in my opinion, for Jake DeBrus to remain a Boston Bruin. So, who else than Jake DeBrusque could potentially attract from from the rest of the league? And what we've already kind of talked about today in a hockey trade. So, if you don't know, a hockey trade is not a player for picks. You know, a hockey trade is a player for player situation. Basically, money in, money out. You know, you have one asset that is on your roster. I have one asset on my roster. They both need a change of scenery. Let's just swap them in and out. I could see Jake DeBrusque being a guy that could move some cap space out for the Boston Bruins, could provide some compelling value to other, you know, competitive GMs, and could potentially bring in maybe like a, I don't know, a a decent, you know, bottom four defenseman to shore up the blue line for the Boston Bruins. I like to think that he's going to be part of a bigger trade. You know what I mean? Like maybe the Bruins attach something with DeBrusque to get somebody else. And maybe it's a, it's a hockey trade in the sense that players are moving for each other, but you have picks going both ways in the type of trade. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so this, this, this guy, I'm, I'm, 50 50 on what the price would be. I'd have to, you know, really dive into it. But the name that keeps coming into my head when I think about Jake DeBrusque being shipped out is Noah Hannafin. Another guy from the 2015 draft that the Bruins were heavily after, as we all know, with those three picks. They wanted to move up to get Noah Hannafin. Obviously, that didn't work out. They ended up with Jake DeBrusque and two busts. Um, Jake DeBrusque is from up that way. He his is dad lives up Alberta. there. Yep. He'd be closer to his family. It just it's part of it just to me seems like there's some sort of fit there. Whether or not they have the logistics to get it done and the other assets moving to get that type of trade done remains to be seen. There have been reports out there that Noah everybody around the league, I think you sent it to me, was about Noah Hannafin. Everybody knows he wants to be a Boston Bruin. He played his college hockey down here. He's from around here. So like there's a connection there. Do they have enough to make it work out? But that would be the, that's the kind of deal that I could see them doing, sacrificing a forward, bringing in a defenseman, and maybe it, there's going to be a corresponding move because then they'll have too many body, too much money invested in the defense. It'd have to be some other move that would have to supplement that to, you know, replace, and I'm not saying necessarily replace Jake DeBrusque's production on uh, on the forward line but they need to they need to bring in another body to be there because they're going to have too many bodies defensively that's a good point though too because if the boston bruins move out jake debrus for a defenseman i do feel like they have the depth in the winger position that any of those kids that have come up from providence or even jesper boquist who's had a heck of a few weeks despite the slide he could easily slide right up there and play that position probably better than what jake is right now um it's not one of Jake's greatest seasons so far, which is surprising with it being a contract year. So 
Um, I do think that Jake would be revitalized. It would be an opportunity for him, like I mentioned in those hockey trades, a change of scenery can go a long way. So it would allow Jake DeBrus to go close to home. I mean, Edmonton's like a two-hour drive mm-hmm. from Cal- from Calgary there. So it would allow him to go home and be closer to his family. I know he goes home to Edmonton every offseason. He doesn't stay in the city. Jake DeBrusque, despite being with this team for so long, he's not considered in the leadership group. He's not involved in those meetings with Jim Montgomery. The writing's on the wall for Jake DeBrusque. So if they can use that to bring a kid from from the Boston area, Noah Hannafin home, I'd probably be like, Calgary, you can have Jake DeBrusque, but please, for the love of God, take Derek Forbert with him in order to bring Noah Hannafin. You need another defenseman to replace those minutes anyway while you're tanking. And believe me, this guy will help you tank. He he will get you the better pick with Derek Forbert. Um, the salaries yeah, I, I the salaries that. are pretty close. The salaries are pretty close. Hannafin makes four nine. Yeah, Trubask is at four, so you're not talking yeah. about a fifty percent retention scenario here. Forbert in there, and the Bruins are actually clearing space. Exactly. And, so, and you know that that Don Sweeney doesn't want to go out there and, and trade for players that don't want to be here. You know, I think it probably hurt him deep down to his core to trade for Garnet Hathaway and Dimitri Orlov last season because he knew that there wasn't a realistic opportunity to extend them and keep them a part of this team. But with Noah Hannafin, you know that. It's already well-documented. He wants to sign south of the border. He's got the history of the Boston Bruins. It's not a slam dunk. I, I want to make sure that if you're listening to this, you don't think that it's a guarantee that Noah Hannafin signs with the Boston Bruins this offseason. You know, there's been reports that he would be happy to sign in Tampa Bay. He would be happy mm-hmm. to sign with the Florida Panthers. I imagine as long as it's an East Coast American-based team, if they go out there and acquire Noah Hannafin, they show that they are prioritizing him. They value what he can bring to their club. He and his agent are probably going to give them the chance to to make a compelling offer to, to keep him. So I do think it's important for the Boston Bruins to consider a hockey trade to bring Noah Hannafin in. Noah Hannafin in. Um, <laughs> because it, it it would definitely show, hey, we prioritize you. We're not just waiting till we don't give up anything. Because let's be honest, when you're sitting in the position of a player, going to a team that traded multiple assets to acquire you, that shows me that you're invested in me. I am willing to invest in you because you've invested in me. It's it's a two way road. Mm-hmm. So, um, don't just think that. I've seen a lot of, and I'm I'm guilty of it. I've seen a lot of people are like. Don't trade anything for Noah Hannafin. Just wait for him to be uh, in, in free agency. He wants to be in Boston anyway. You're telling me that if if Tampa Bay does another fucking, like, uh, what do they do for the kid from Nashville? Tanner Janot. They traded yeah. three first-round picks. And Tanner Janot's like, shit, man. Like, you traded three first-round picks for me? You're goddamn right I'm not going anywhere. I can't, I can't do that to you guys. Like, I owe mm-hmm. you guys for that. So if somebody overpays for Noah Hannafin, like, think of – anybody in the Eastern conference that's looking to contend. If anybody does that, I can Rangers, see Noah Hannafin, like, New York Rangers, that it could flyer. be anybody. Like anybody flyer. that's relatively close to Boston where he's from. Like, right. Right. They're going to go out there and do that. And he's going to be like, let's do it. Let's sign eight years at 7.4. I'm in. So the Bruins need to seriously consider acquiring him at the deadline in order to bring him into the fold. Um, before we continue much further, 
we're going to go ahead and send you over to our friends at DraftKings for another reminder about their app. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You could even get the Boston Bruins, for example, at plus 170 against the Seattle Kraken. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024 all rights reserved. All right, and we're back, and we're going to go ahead and actually send you right over to the hat trick with Patrick this week. Let's make some money. So, uh, get your picks there, and use uh, remember to use DraftKings promo code THPN to get those picks in. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to Pad Stack fans, and welcome back to the two Pad Stack Patrick with Patrick. I am Patrick. Let's make some money. As always, gamble at your own risk. Shout out to DraftKings for these lines for February 27th, 2024. We are 10 and 14 on the season. Last time you heard my voice, I went 0 and 3. We look to change that today first we are going with the two best teams when it comes to hitting the over in the national hockey league and they are playing each other today that is dallas stars and the colorado avalanche we are taking over six and a half goals scored that's at plus 100 next we are going to go to florida and take the Florida Panthers minus one and a half on the puck line. The Panthers are home against the Buffalo Sabres. And out of their last 10 wins, they have covered that one and a half six out of 10 times. Finally, we are going to one of the best teams in the National Hockey League period, the Vancouver Canucks who are hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. I like Vancouver to win at home. That's minus 162 on the money line. Thank you, as always, to Two Pad Stack and the Two Pad Stack fans for listening. This has been the Two Pad Stack Hattrick with Patrick. I am Patrick.
Let's go. All right. So there's your picks for this week. Um, so we, we had some questions from, well, a question from our listenership. Our good friend Tommy Bennett, who's joined us in the past before. Shout out to you, Tommy. Thanks again, buddy. Appreciate you. Love the support, Tommy. Keep it coming. And we've already kind of touched on this a little bit previously in this episode. What is up with Jim Montgomery? Just consistently, always throwing the lines in the blender. Like, I feel like we do need some consistency in these lines at this point. What What are your thoughts, Spurge? Well, you look back at the teams that were so consistent over the last decade. Obviously, you had guys like David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron around. I don't want to keep harping on that. But guys like Butch, Butch Cassidy, Bruce Cassidy, when he was here, he stubbornly kept Pasternak, Marshan, and Bergeron together. And we were all calling for him to break them up. The perfection line. Exactly. I hate that nickname. It's the dumbest nickname in sports. But he was consistent with how he played these guys. And if you look back to the cup run with Claude and, and how they ran the lines back then, you know, you're at the point of the season now where you should know what your combinations, what, what, what you should be running. That's going to succeed for you. And I feel like maybe Jim Montgomery has a little bit of a lack of confidence in some of his guys and some of his pairings, just given that there's a lot of new faces here. You have a lot of older veterans that are in there as well as younger kids. He's trying to find something that's going to be consistent and go. And I I don't necessarily hate that approach, but there's some part of me that, you know, when you see these guys like Marshand and Parsonak playing with different people, it seems like night in and night out. There's a little bit to be a little concerned with, with that, you know, you want those guys, that have been here forever that are used to that type of consistency. You want to see that move forward here. And I, and I hope that Jim Montgomery is kind of learning a little bit from the way the last two, three weeks have gone that, Hey, maybe I should stick these guys together and let just roll with it, live and die by it. You're kind of at that point of the season now where you kind of need to live and die by your best combinations. And obviously injuries play a part of that and, you know, trade deadline moves, this and that, but, I think we'll really see the the true combinations, you know, come after, you know, March 8th, once the trade deadline has passed, where you have your final roster at that point, outside of injuries, what you're going to be going with down the stretch run. And it, come that point, if he's still putting the lines in a blender, I'm concerned. A lot of that probably does have to do with the injuries that are going on right now. But still, even when this team is supposed to be completely healthy, it still seems like it just is changed up arbitrarily. David Posternock will start with Charlie Coyle, and then he'll be playing with Pavel Zaka, and then back to Coyle in the same game. It's like, for the love of God, let's just stay to something that's relatively consistent here so these guys can generate some chemistry. Um, I mean, we've seen Morgan Geeky on the top line as top-line center. It's like... Friend of the show. Love you, Morgan. Hope to have Absolutely. you on again. But, like, let's figure out what these lines are. And it's very, very frustrating. Speaking for, of what's frustrating, go ahead. Go ahead. Real Rich. quick, for me, it, it kind of goes to the same token of my stance on the goaltenders. Like, you need to afford these guys an opportunity to get into some sort of rhythm. And if yep. you're constantly changing the type of player that you're playing with, you completely take that out of the equation. So, I 
couldn't agree more that, that we need to find out what these combinations are. And I'll, I'll give them until March 8th after the trade deadline for them to figure it out. Yeah. And then moving forward from there, make it happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I've come out multiple times and I have said that I'm tired of watching this broadcast that Nesson's putting out there. It's always voted by the athletics broadcast rankings from fans as consistently the worst product that a local regional sports network is putting out. And a big reason for that is the production value. The video quality is always awful. The audio quality is awful. There's a lot of issues with Nesson. They created their own streaming network, um, Nesson Plus. That's not reliable. I do wish I could get 4K through my cable provider. I'm not going to lie. I do like the 4K. But a lot of issues with Nesson, and a lot of them right now come down to our good friend Jack Edwards. And he's got a really long history with the Boston Bruins. The Bruins wanted to bring him back this year, despite whatever's going on, because he does mean so much to this team. He's been with us for like 20 years, centennial year, all that good stuff. And he was out there recently in the the media. He finally has spoken out publicly about what's going on. There's been a lot of speculation health-wise or whatever with what's going on with Jack Edwards. I've tried not to speculate myself, although I've heard things. He has come out recently um, in an interview and said, there's nothing wrong with my health. He's recognized that he's had issues. He's spoken with medical professionals about it. They are just as stumped as he is as, as to what's going on. So he was saying something like every day before a game, he's doing 30 minutes of speech therapy to prepare for the game. And on off days, he's doing like two hours of stuff to work on his speech to make sure that this can, doesn't continue. And honestly, I will I will be the first one to admit I've been out there harping on him, saying it's time to move on. The last few games, I think he's been better. He has sounded sharper, more coherent, and I really hope that, A, they can figure out what's going on for Jack, and, B, he can continue to make improvements because this team is better. The product is better when you have Jack Edwards, who can be as sharp as what his brain is with his speech because he is so passionate about the black and gold. He is very well informed on hockey, the NHL itself, and everything. And and the Boston Bruins are a better place when Jack Edwards is on top of things. I don't I don't foresee it happening, but I really do hope that that happens. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm the first critic of him. I've been a critic of him for it seems like a decade now. Really hope that they do figure out what's going on because, like you put, he's the ultimate homer announcer. Like I don't think there's a, a any announcer out there that is so passionate about his team as much as Jack Edwards is and has, and for as long as he's been that way. So I agree with that. I will say that all good things do come to an end. And I'm not saying that the dude deserves to be fired because he doesn't given everything that he's given to the organization. I said the same thing about Bill Belichick with the Patriots, kind of the same thing, a little bit different, but same kind of, idea they do need to start maybe giving him some more time off i think would be helpful 
But yeah, I really do hope that they do figure it out. It's kind of crazy to me that nobody knows why. It's kind of it's kind of interesting to me. But I wish him nothing but the best. And again, like they weren't gonna they weren't gonna do anything with him this year. He yeah. absolutely deserves to be a part of this celebration. Hundred percent, even with and whatever was going on. Absolutely agree. A hundred percent. Like he has earned that. He has given so much to us as fans. And you know some of his some of his stuff that I laugh at that he says, I laugh because it's so it's so Homer that like as a Boston Bruins fan you can't help but appreciate it whether or not you agree with it like you, you see the you see the video of him after Bergeron scores that goal against the Maple Leafs and the dude is like so amped so happy. I would love to see him get back to that point. Obviously, he's getting older, so I assume that that's probably not going to be the case. But Father hey, time waits for yeah. no one. But you never know. You never know. He might pull something out if the Bruins make a deep run this year. He may pull something out again, a jackism. You never know. I would love a few more jackisms. Me too. Before Me he too. At this sails point. off into the sunset. And he, he was very candid in that interview. He also said, you know, hey, I understand I'm not, I'm no spring chicken as he's very frequently uh, open to saying. And uh, you know, he's uh, if he feels like his product is now detracting from the product that the Boston Bruins offer, um, he's, he's more than happy to, to kind of step out and step away. Um, Let's talk a little nerdy shit. You want to talk some nerdy shit? I love nerdy shit. Let's talk nerdy <laughs> shit. So I, I finally convinced our good friend Burge here to go back into the uh, stepping into the world of Warcraft. He's going back into Azeroth, joining me in, uh, you know, fighting uh, for the Alliance here. Burge, how's your experience been going back into uh, the world of uh, Kalimdor in the Eastern Kingdoms? So, so going back... I was never a big diehard WoW player. I'd always dabble and then end, dabble, then end. But being back in the classic version of the game, nostalgia overload for me. Like, I'm a very nostalgic person. And I think back to 2006 when I started playing the game and just being like the, the novelty of, you know, playing this game with people online before the internet was like what it is today is like, you see all these people playing the same game as you're like, oh my gosh, this is this is insane. These people could be anywhere in the world. So I'm, I'm getting that kind of that feel again. Funny story. Last night I was I was playing, and I decided to put on the South Park episode because I'm like, this is this is a fantastic thing. I, I'm sure you've seen it. And a neighbor a sword of a thousand truths. Yes, a neighbor across the street from my house like texted my wife, and she's like, not to be that nosy neighbor, but what the hell are you watching over there? And I'm like, because it was like right, like, like right when they were doing the in-game footage for that. And like, what the hell are you watching over there? And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Like, I total nerd out. I was playing WoW while watching the WoW South Park episode. It's been a blast being back. I'm, the, I'm appreciating the grind again. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I want to get to the, I want to follow this all the way through this time and see what happens. But 
there's parts of the game that still frustrate the hell out of me that frustrate the hell out of me back when I was in high school, like where I'm grinding out, trying to loot somebody and they never drop it. And I'm just sitting there killing the same thing and waiting for him to respond. I'm like, just drop the damn thing. You know? Yeah. What, what the fuck do you mean that I've killed 45 kobolds? Why do I not have enough ears? You're telling me all these kobolds that I've killed don't have ears. You're telling me that. Exactly. That's not how it works. And you, you did manage to convert me back to an Alliance character. I was, yeah. Majority of the time I'm Horde. I've had one experience with the, with the Alliance. That was like, I don't know, 12 years ago or whatever. But it's been fun Short getting back rise into up. it. Short Kings rise up. And that's what happens for the Alliance team. You know, uh, Horde, they're all those tall motherfuckers. And Horde also, let me just say, all their cities disgust me. Gross. Dirty. Okay. Defiled. Like there's no bathrooms there. They all shit in the middle of the streets. It's the Middle yeah, Ages. The... They all did. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. That's not true. Our inns have bathrooms here in the Alliance. We we live in a castle. We're sophisticated. You look at the beautiful mountain kingdom of Ironforge, the Dwarven lights. We all have beautiful bathrooms and inns and stouts and <laughs> lagers. And I worship one god and the god of ale. You know. <laughs> It's uh, it, it's vastly superior to what those mud hutters have. Honestly, honestly, side. I don't know if I've played Alliance long enough to actually visit Ironforge yet. Stormwind has been my only city, so Yo, I'm, I'm looking bringing forward you to, to getting there tonight. Let's go. I'm I'm looking forward to getting there. I want to go experience it. It's all right. Right now, I'm playing a uh, a dwarf priest. His name is Crossblesser. Yep. Yep. That's his name. He uh, wears a dress. Very <laughs> handsome fellow. He's bald, big white beard. Like think, think like short king Santa Claus. That, that, <laughs> that's cross blesser, and he rides. He rides a giant ram or giant white ram, because I haven't <laughs> been able to get a reindeer yet. So <laughs> I don't even have a mount yet. I'm not even close. <laughs> <laughs> so Burge, what are you playing? You're playing a warlock, right? I am a human warlock. Yep. Yep. And the name? Darthros is his name. Darthros. To... How did you come up with that? Well, I did the randomizer, first of all. And okay. I, I I do the randomizer until I see a name. Where I'm like, hmm, I can make something of that. And I hear Darthros. I think of Darth <laughs> Vader. You know, I think of the Star Wars thing. So I'm like, you know what? I'll roll with this. I like the name. I like the sound of it. I can be a badass with that name. Darthros. Nice, long, gray hair with the freaking gray beard. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, it's a nice escape after a nice way to relax after you know a day's worth of work and you know parenting yeah. and all that for sure. I found myself turning it into more work, unfortunately, because I have reached max level on my priest, and I've cleared the latest raid content. And excuse me, I just maximized my enchanting ability, which is one of the trade skills in the game. So what I do is I just sit in the middle of Ironforge, which is the big hub this this phase. And if you don't know by trade personally, I I work in sales. That's my job is I'm an account manager. Basically, man. So in, in Ironforge, I'm just sitting there on the bridge and I'm yelling, Max level enchanter here. I can give you all the enchanting you need. I have probably logged in the last week probably about 40 hours so a work week just enchanting <laughs> and i've made if you don't know the economy there the economy in the world of warcraft is composed of copper silver and gold 
in the last week I've made 250 gold enchanting. And I'm not doing shit. I'm just sitting there in the middle of the city while I'm watching Netflix spamming macros. And I got an add-on. The add-on's really fucking funny. The add-on scans all the chat messages that are being put out for people that are looking for an enchanter and automatically sends them a whisper and then automatically sends them an invite to my party. Bot. Basically. I'm basically a bot on the enchanting side of things. And I've gotten ignored by so many people because they don't want to work with a bot. I'm like, and I follow up with them. I was like, I'm not a bot. This just helps me like talk to people. And they're already ignoring me. But like, I, I make so much money off this shit right now. And I'm, I'm trying to save all my gold. I gotta, I gotta make a thousand gold to get my epic mount for the level 60 phase. I already gave you money. Don't put your hands up. You're just talking about making 250, 300. You gave me five. Which is more than enough for a level eight human warlock. I'm level fifteen. You were level eight when I gave it to you. No, no, no. You were fighting Hogger. You were like level ten max. Fair, fair, fair. I can't wait to get back in now. My juices are flowing. Let's go. <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to help you. I'm just going to sit in Iron Forge and advertise my enchanting again. That's all I'm going to do. I, I just want to go into Iron Forge. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's a pretty cool city to, to poke around and check out. You definitely should check it out. And the cool thing is, is if you go into Stormwind, you can take the Deep Run Tram. Or if you're familiar, are you familiar with the Deep Run Tram? Nothing the Horde have, by the way, because they're savages. Zeppelins. You're gross. Whatever. Irrelevant. Okay. What you can do is you go into the Dwarven district of Stormwind, right? I'm there now. Dwarves are this best race in the league or league. Christ, I got hockey in the mind right now. Best race in the game. Short Kings rise up. Uh, you go into the Dwarven district of Stormwind. There's a big tunnel. It's got cogs on the outside that are turning because it's gnomish technology. And you go into the tunnel. You get on the tram, and that'll bring you all the way to Ironforge. Easy enough. Yeah. So Alliance had mass transit in mind before the horde <laughs> could ever think about it. Uh, I'm not taking any more slander tonight. <laughs> I'm enjoying the Alliance again, though. I will say that. It is It is a great time. Um, season of uh, Discovery is live. It's really cool. If you ever played WoW, check it out. It's different than Vanilla WoW different than classic because they have new creative things for classes that have never existed in the game in the classic scenario you're doing classic content with content from the character uh abilities class abilities from tbc wrath of the lich king all that good stuff um so check it out uh Burge and i are playing on crusader strike on the alliance um if you want to join us give us a shout happy to have hell you yeah hell yeah um before we wrap up i want a big uh want to give a big shout out to our winner of the giveaway that we had last week um so hannah ended up winning the signed matt Grizzlick buck that's uh i believe her handle is like baby bergy or something like that so um hannah congratulations for winning the puck thank you very much for following us thank you uh for subscribing to the podcast Stay tuned, everybody. We will have more giveaways like that in the future. I'm going to make Burge end up giving away that Tuka Rask blocker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, thanks very much. 
this is our 30th episode here. Great for us to reach 30. Appreciate all of you. Burge, I appreciate your time that you put into the podcast. And uh, those of you listening, thank you. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the Two Pad Stack. Our passion is hockey. From Beer League to the Bruins, we friggin' love it. We love the Patriots, too. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter and TikTok at 2 Pod, And find the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching 2 Stack. See you next time on the 2 Stack. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.